Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. So today's show is momentous and for a myriad of reasons. Number one, it is my first interview of 2021. And trust me, you're going to love it. Natasha Nobert-Lorraine is someone that I didn't know prior to November, but you would never be able to tell just by our energy when we were having this conversation together about mental health, mental well-being, and anxiety. She comes to me with this amazing wealth of knowledge and cool factor. She is a social media expert and, trust me, an amazing photographer. You have to check her out on her IG. More on that later. But in the meantime, I'd love to welcome my new friend, Natasha. Natasha, welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, everyone, this has been such a feat to get us together because we vibed. (laughs) We did. And you know, the way we are, we're very uh, hardworking gals. And the moral of the story is that time got away from us and we grind, guys. We grind. And a pandemic, grinding, being in the digital world, PR, social media, you know. Oh, girl, yes. Time doesn't stop. (laughs) My girl, she knows. She knows. So welcome to the show. It is my honor to have you. So happy to be here. (laughs) You are my first official interview for 2021, I'll have you know. Oh, okay. 2021, starting off strong. (laughs) Starting off strong. And I'm raising the roof right now for anybody who cares to know. This was purposely planned, again, because I felt a I felt a good vibe. So I knew you would lead us into the new year in a really positive way. So, so in the spirit of intention setting, what is your word going to be for 2021 and why? Honestly, so much has happened since we last spoke. I mean, it's been, what, two, three months now. And um, my mindset has really shifted in 2020, you know, with the pandemic, it was it was, it was tough, just like a lot of people for sure. Um, and then I started actually reading a book uh, called The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown, absolutely obsessed. And um, I think my word for 2021 would just be vulnerability, hmm. just to be more vulnerable about, you know, feelings, emotions, whether any decisions, just being more vulnerable in any, not decision making, but in my approach with people and in opening up. I think that's definitely one of the words that I would use. And then what else? Just connecting more with people, even though we're doing it virtually, I think now more than ever, we need to connect even more. Um, mm-hmm. with people and open up. So it's not something I'm used to. So connecting and being vulnerable. Yes, I do talk to a lot of people and I'm on social media about, you know, my mental health journey, but it does take a lot for me sometimes to do that. And it has become, you know, an outlet in, in a sense for mm-hmm. me to get away. Um, in the last few months, unfortunately, I haven't been as active because I did get injured um, but now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting back into it, but I see that almost as like a sign from life to just be like, you need to take, take it down a notch and maybe just relax and introspect and look, look within yourself. And I, I have been doing that. I have been doing a lot of work and seeing, well, virtually my therapist more and meditating and, and just, yeah, evaluating a lot of the things that I do on a day-to-day basis and asking myself, like, is this really what i who I want to be and what I want to be doing in the long term. So definitely, yeah, that just that word 
<laughs> beautifully said that is vulnerability is such a beautiful word and i have to tell you from our first meeting be it through a screen or not i felt you were candid and i felt you were open and not because you're necessarily like that with everyone but because it was the superpower that you have that you're willing to show me in return for mine mm. Right. It's it's tit for tat at that point. But then there's this subsection of the population that views it as weakness. Absolutely. I don't know where that stems from. I guess more patriarchal societies are like where people didn't talk about emotions. But I don't know, Nat, what's your take on vulnerability being such a superpower, but yet such a taboo word for many? I'm not sure where that comes from, to be honest with you, but I, I do I do see like a shift in mindset, especially, you know, with with um, uh, millennials and of course, older generations, you know, they're shifting their mindsets as well. But I feel like millennials, we've been able to maybe shift that a little bit more to be more open to vulnerability and, you know, to see a therapist, meditate and be more open minded to mental health and anxiety and depression. And like now more than ever, there's so many of us who struggle, of course, being at home, being secluded and not connecting as much. Like you see that people really need that kindness and that vulnerability because we, we seek it, you know, we want to feel validated on a day-to-day basis. And I don't know for you, but like, I stare at my screen sometimes, like, like when I, when I'm with my girlfriends and it's so good to see them, but I don't get that one-on-one with them. And that, that truly like in 2020, that made such a huge impact on my mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. because just seeing people like one-on-one is something that I thrive on. Like I love feeling people's energy and, and being with them and talking to them, like whether it be about, you know, just the weather, going outside, going for a walk, going for a drink with my girlfriends, going to see my family, any of that, it's all shifted. And I think now working from home and being in like a digital only world, um, we've, we've come to, you know, be more, um, I think more open-minded and more vulnerable because Mm -hmm. we're alone, we're lonely Um, I don't know. I think that's how I see a little bit of that. And being more kind to one another is not something that we were necessarily educated like on, you know, it's always to have the big job, go to school, get the education. Like it's kind of just like a, it's almost like a form. We always have to follow this, this trajectory and Hmm. you have to be hardworking. And I think like in the media and popular culture, you always have to be cold in order to be successful. You can't be kind, you can't be warm. That's how I see it. You know, Um, my mom is like, you know, she was, she raised me, my parents were divorced. And uh, my mom was very like, she wasn't cold with me, but I could tell that, you know, she worked really hard. And she was a little bit more cold sometimes with me. And I think for her, it was her way of maybe showing that to me and teaching me that to, you know, you need to be hardworking, you need to be cold, you need to get stuff done. And you need to be more emotionless in order to um, achieve and be more successful. But I don't know, I think the stigma of that is, is being broken. And we can tell even with you and I, when we met, you know, like you're so warm and so fun and so caring. And a lot of my girlfriends, a lot of people that I have in my life are very warm as well. And they're very successful. They're very kind. So 
why can't they, why can't we be like that in order to to survive and, and thrive? You struck me the second you. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. But the second you said we are not taught to be kind, is that was like an aha moment where I was like, whoa, it's mm-hmm. what I was asked once, like, what's your legacy going to be? And I said, kind. And I was looked at kind of like, huh? Like, <laughs> I hope I hope I leave behind you know, having made people feel better. And it was, I got this sort of side eye, but then you're absolutely right. We're not taught to be kind. And the ethos is you have to be this like really hard person to achieve some insane level of success. Mm -hmm. And I don't think kindness is mutually exclusive with success like they can they can coexist together so i am ecstatic to hear that you think there is a shift in our culture or a pivot because that side eye i got was from a millennial and to hear you say verbatim that we were not taught to be kind which is so factual is scary which is totally why we have to make it a mission of ours as future parents or as already parents that the next generation we're going to teach and educate and instill these values in will know that kindness is in fact a superpower. Please, goodness. On to careers, because if we're talking kindness and achievement, what about your job? You are a social media marketing expert. And to me, I feel like that puts your eyes to the streets. So mm-hmm. it gives you an edge. <laughs> and speaking of which, in that realm of work, how, how do you cope with always being basically in real time, if you will? Um, I struggled for a long time to be anxious and to be on social media because it's constantly a reactive um, it's a reactive work environment. You know, there's there's always a comment or a tweet or or something that someone is saying about either you or your brand. Um, and if you don't love what you do, you're not going to want to be always on or always going to want to work. And I always want to put in that extra work and I always want to check in and see that everything is OK or, you know, monitor. But I think at some point there's always, there's a team that back me up and that support me a lot too. And I also have to um, trust that they'll be there to support me as well. So in my anxiety and my, my need to control, it's all about letting go. So I think my career has also given me that, that edge to be able to let go and to trust that the people that are, that surround me, whether it's professionally or personally, also, you know, they, they're there for me and just to let go. That's definitely one of the things, but for sure, I have my, my weak moments where I want to disconnect. I don't always want to be on. And when I do disconnect, I make sure that, you know, the, the proper people are there to support me. Um, but I'm always on, like, I, I love what I do. Um, I think that's one of the, it's, it's like a, I don't really know how to say this, but it's, it's like a blessing and a curse in a sense, because. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. It's like you're obsessed with what you do. You love it so much that you want to give it your all, but then you also need to put boundaries and to be, and to you know look inward and tell yourself, look, if you keep going this way, you're not going to keep going. So you need to you maybe take a pause or reset or just slow down. You're so right with the it being a double-edged sword, and yeah. it's just wild. I mean, they've had so many studies on this on how it it just changes your brain and the way you relate to people and your device. I I feel my brain change when I am in front of any type of screen. Mm -hmm. I 
I inherently feel different than when I'm meditating or when I'm outside in nature or, you know, it's a, it's very palpable thing. There's almost this little hint of nervousness that sets in. Sometimes it's excitement. Other times it's like, uh, the obligation and the, it feels like a heavy weight. Mm -hmm. And I feel that balance that you're able to strike in that realm. Like my hat's off to you. I mean, (laughs) I, I work in PR, I work in communications, but being in the crux of social media is a, is a completely different beast. So I, I bow down to you, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I really do. Um, So Nat, to that, can you tell us a little bit about your anxiety journey? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a very anxious person to begin with, like just at the core, I've always been anxious, even, you know, as a as a child, my anxiety journey has been, you know, ups and downs. Um, I'm always going to live with anxiety, I've learned to embrace it instead of it's become a strength instead of a weakness. You know, I would, I would get in my head and I would want to control so many situations that weren't even happening. Um, and I would become super silent. I would beat myself up about, about what that person could be thinking of me and what that other person could be thinking of me instead of really just putting all of my eggs in one basket and just performing. Like instead of, I, I've, I've put so much emphasis on what people would think of me and perceive me instead of just doing what I should be doing. Um, and for the last like two or three years, um, that's what I've been doing, just talking about my mental health journey and my anxiety more and more and embracing it. And people really like that because we don't communicate enough about it. We don't inform people. We don't educate people about it as much as we should. And especially now that with the pandemic and everything going on and being alone at home, we feel even more secluded. So we don't communicate the struggles that we have being at home, being alone in our heads, because yes, being alone in your head can become pretty scary sometimes, especially when you don't have like that day-to-day human interaction, whether it's driving to work, seeing your colleagues, talking to them, having a coffee, like all of those little things we no longer have. So it's completely educating ourselves and re reinventing ourselves to, to live at home and live through like a, a routine that we need to make, but on our own. And I'm saying that like I live alone. Of course, there's other people who have families and who have kids who have different realities. But mine right now is that I live with anxiety. I live with the fear of not knowing when I'll be able to see my friends. And of course, a lot of people have that too, but when I'll be able to leave my house and just go out for a walk without a mask on going to anything, it's, we always have that, that like COVID cloud on top of our head, like kind of lingering there, you know, and it lives with us. Like that's all we talk about. So heavy sigh, COVID. The word itself has become such a part of our vernacular. Like I forget the days where we all had interests and things going and activities and vacations planned. But, you know, at the end of the day, COVID is a very important part of the anxiety journey, especially right now. So I'm glad you bring it up. Well, I think it's it's just that. And and, uh, you are your only barrier, right? And living with anxiety is putting yourself that barrier to never take that, that leap forward or that step forward and be like, I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not talented enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not rich enough. Any of that you need, you need to constantly counter battle that in your head and tell yourself like you are enough. Everything you're doing is, is good. Like it's okay to be imperfect. And that's kind of going back to that book that I'm reading right now. It's just 
mastering and owning your imperfections because perfection is unattainable. You'll never be able to get there. And you need to kind of just trust the process and trust that what you're doing right now is enough and live in the moment. And I think I've realized that I need to just be in the moment and take it step by step. And I think a lot of people can probably relate with that if not, but that's how I see it. It's just being in the moment and reconnecting with who you are, what your passions are and live and take the little things as they are. You're absolutely right. It is one day at a time, one step at a time. It's coping with it in your own time. And there's this sense of urgency that always settles in within our world, even us being at home. There's the devices again, I blame them for this, but this, the notification culture where you're constantly glancing and it has to be done yesterday because, you know, you saw the notification, the person that sent it probably thinks you saw it. So this mm-hmm. whole sense of urgency all the time. In fact, we talked about guilt during our first conversation. So segue there from um, notifications to guilt. And I say that because they do kind of go hand in hand, don't they? The fact that notifications are there to create this false sense of urgency, and then you feel guilty for not mm-hmm. responding right away. So how... Do you cope with the guilt in your work and in your life? With the current climate that we have, we we get emails, we get texts, we get bombarded with, you know, team meetings, Zoom meetings, uh, FaceTimes. And sometimes I, I feel bad not answering. Like sometimes I just don't want to answer and I feel guilty not answering. Sometimes, um, you know, I get an email, I feel bad that I, I don't want to answer it because I don't have the emotional capacity to just just answer an email. Like that's literally, it's so much, it's so small. It's like, it's so, so small, but those little things that they keep adding up during a day, you get an email, you get a call, you get this, you get that. And it's all digital. And I think you and I had talked about this like a couple months ago, um, about just re, um, re-educating, re-routining yourself. Like you have to, you know, learn a, a new routine instead of, going, you know, you leave your house, you drive to work in your car, you have that like 30 minutes of just not thinking about anything. You're in your, you know, like that little, like, it's not a meditation state, I want to say, but you're still in your car. You have that little alone time. You're able to go see your coworkers and you still have that time for yourself, you know, whether it be in a car, in a Metro walking, but now it's like, we're in the same space We're not able to disconnect. It's like you make your coffee, you have your sweats on, you start working, you stay in that state forever. And it's really hard. And then you feel guilty that you're not performing because you're, you know, you're at home. You feel guilty that you're not maybe as motivated to work or you're not as motivated to work out. Like you're constantly guilty because you, you want to be prioritizing yourself you're with yourself. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to say this. Like you're like, you're with yourself at home and you're doing all these things, but you're not really connecting with who you are. You're just like living your life in your home, but you're not, you're not living your passions. You're not living, but that's how I see it. I mean, others could, could see it differently, but it's, it's definitely, it's a tough, it's a tough time. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I felt that I, always want to perform and be on but I'm telling you there are moments where I stare at my screen and I cannot get the energy to respond to something and I'm like Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me so (laughs) I, I try to prompt myself to get up I bought this little like goodness I wish everyone could see this I'm pulling out this little cycler okay 
I keep this I under my desk. I swear. <laughs> it was either this or a standing desk. I, I promise you. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to do something. My my. Actually, this is my therapist that recommended me to get this little peddler under desk thingy knockoff that everybody's been seeing on these infomercials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that fancy, by the way. This isn't the actual one. This is some Amazon knockoff, which works perfectly well. <laughs> it works. Anything that will get me moving, I'll put a song on. I'll put some like 90s R&B and I'll just like, I'll jam to like, yeah. whatever it needs to be. TLC, I don't care, man. Like, yeah. get me out of this headspace now. Like, yeah. like so I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, like it's um, like if, if gyms were still open, that's like another thing, you know, like they want our mental health to be good. They want us to, you know, not see anyone. But like if you take everything away, like what else do we have left? Like we can't do anything right now. And then we try to go for walks. We try to stay at, at home and, and work out. But it's like you're in your space all the time. So how are you supposed to separate like everything, like whether it's like work, whether it's working out, socializing, it's all in your home. It's crazy. You can't see anyone. So it's, you're constantly living inside your head and you're trying to stay somewhat afloat because you can't, you know, feed maybe like your, your gym time. You can't feed your mind with like, like reading a book outside or whether just getting a coffee in a coffee shop and seeing like anything is completely, everything's reversed. Everything is out of whack. There's absolutely no, there's no focus right now. There is no focus. There are no boundaries between work and home and play and rest and eat, sleep, shower. There's no, there are no boundaries. A friend of mine recently used the term claustrophobia and it's completely how I feel. It's like the cabin fever got so real, especially lately I needed to take a drive, an early one, because by the way, we are under a curfew situation here in Quebec, in Canada. I think some other provinces have a curfew as well. But yeah, it's um, a real mind bend at the moment. And it's uh, definitely a test of character. You said it so perfectly when we spoke a month or two back, um, how we're constantly on edge and we're touching upon this right now. How does it affect someone like you, who is like you mentioned, avid gym goer, um, avid socializer? How does it affect you? Like you loved being out. I loved being out. How was that? How are you taking that right now? Um, I think like now it's definitely better because I took some time during the holiday to be in a bubble with my family. Um, of course, like we were able to do. So, you know, I took two weeks to get out of my, I live in a studio apartment in Montreal. So for sure, for me, just to be able to see, you know, three members of my family during the holiday season made that big of a difference. But before that, I was nearly two months in my home. And unfortunately, I, I, I broke my ankle on, you know, um, two, three, three months ago. So for two months, I was staying at home. And that was a huge shock. Like I wasn't able to go to the gym, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get out of my house. So um, it was definitely tough, um, for sure, for like a good month. And I'm being so real with you guys, like for a good month, it wasn't like it wasn't rainbows and butterflies. So it was it was definitely tough. But then during the holidays, just being able to see my family for two weeks, um, and just being like, I was able to be outside in a chair and, you know, relax beside a fire, like, that made a huge difference. Like just that was um, so like it was life-changing almost, you know, because for nearly, you know, eight to nine months, we were 
confined at home, not being able to go out. So that definitely added a stress. And then, you know, I got over it, told myself, you know, there are good things in this world. Like, yes, as much as it sucks, I couldn't walk. I couldn't really get out of my house, but I was still still able to keep my job. I was still able to FaceTime my friends who are in good health, you know, and really get back to basics. So instead of being in like that negative state, for sure, I was there for a little while. But, you know, I slowly shifted um, day to day into like a more positive mindset. And now, you know, I'm, I'm in physio and I'm going to be able to walk again. And like, my friends are in good health and yeah, we are, you know, we do have, um, an 8 PM curfew right now, but like, it doesn't really change anything from, from, you know, the past year in a sense, but if anything, my heart goes out to, you know, small, small to medium businesses right now who are closed. Like my heart goes out to all of you because the situation is, you know, out of this world so if I could if I could save all of you I would but I can't I know I can't say how heartbreaking that is for I know a lot of restaurant people who it's unfathomable what this is probably doing to their business um Mm -hmm. you know trying to do takeout as much as um we can and I remember right before we went into the second lockdown in September it was I went to this little cafe in the plateau um so I popped into one just sporadically because I'm like I knew I think it was a a day or two before the second lockdown I'm like I'm actually gonna luxuriate in an afternoon coffee I was by myself and yeah first of all like sidebar I really miss sitting in a cafe I mean what these businesses do for us as far as mental health where you can go somewhere and either sit there with a book have a meal with a friend have a coffee with your loved one is just the biggest luxury and I miss it so what these small businesses do for us we need to give back to them so yeah I I just headed into that coffee shop and just bought all the croissants so support your local businesses So back to you, my dear, you are a content creator uh, and photographer, which is just so gorgeous. Your eye is amazing. How do you feel that helps and has helped you through the cloudiness? Again, we talked about cloudiness during our first conversation, but Mm -hmm. how does that help you through, um, you know, things like anxiety? Yeah. Um, photography and, and creativity for me is like my outlet. Um, it fuels me, it fuels everything. When I get in the zone, I could literally spend, you know, eight hours just like doing a flat lay or taking a photo or editing, like that really gets me in my zone. So, um, I think like the last few months I've been able to really work or, you know, not perfect. Cause I don't want to say perfect, but almost perfect my, my craft. Um, because I can take the time to do it cause I'm, I'm at home. So it's obviously taking the time to, um, just work on my portfolio and, and create, just creating, like whether it be, um, you know, just an e-com website. Cause I do that for fun. Like I'm not a, you know, I do that for fun. Why not? Um, and, and shoot whenever I'm at home. Um, sometimes I'll get products, you know, sent to me. So I take photos of that, like those little things, it's, so so small but they bring (laughs) fancy no 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 not at all not at all but it's just it's fun it's just fun to do and it's it's like my little creative outlet um so for me the past few months you know I've been you know retouching you know old travel photos because who wouldn't want to be traveling right now let's be honest um and you know but I try not to you know 
I don't want to, it's not negative. It's like a positive. I'm like, wow, I've had so many great trips. Like, why don't just go, you know, go down memory lane and kind of just rework through all these, these images. And, um, actually I have like a few photographer friends that I, I absolutely adore. So we're able to still, you know, FaceTime and we exchange tips. So kind of goes back to like my, my previous point, like earlier, just, you know, fueling all of the things that make you happy and, uh, and, you know, it'll all, it'll all be okay. Like this is temporary. And as much as it sucks for sure, like in the now, you know, like we, we've kept our jobs. Some people have lost their jobs and my heart goes out to them. Like nobody's reality is perfect, but I think it's just trying to make the best out of this current situation or else like it's not do or die, but you need to just focus on the positive and just keep thriving because there's nothing else that we can do right now. So it's just putting your best self forward and and hoping for the best in a sense. Oh, I love that. Just keep thriving. Yes, because for so long I've been hearing that people say like we're merely surviving at this point and mm-hmm. we're not thriving. And I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear you say that we are thriving and you can choose to thrive even in between your four walls or within whatever environment you are mm-hmm. blessed to be in. And yes, you are blessed to be in when you have health, you have currency Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. You can choose to thrive and it could be in any little bits that you can. It's, it's not about the big things anymore. It's not about how loud, you know, life can be anymore. We've, Mm -hmm. you said it perfectly. It's been boiled down to the basics, but isn't that life though? Isn't life the basics? Isn't it our five senses? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. We've lost touch with that. That's beauty. And that's why your photography is what it contributes in reminding us that there is beauty out there Mm -hmm. and it's still there, Mm -hmm. you know, and this too shall pass. And and just like, and the whole thriving part, like this doesn't mean like thriving on, you know, creating your business or opening up a store or thing. It can literally be like, you know, thrive today because I got out of bed and I feel better. I thrive today because I decided to try something new and it was fun. Like any, those little things that like create your base so that on a day-to-day basis, you feel better. You know, those are, those are the little things. You know what? Actually, yes, you're absolutely right. Thank you for that distinction. Cause like I keep getting bombarded with now's the time to like plan for your business and plan <laughs> that passion project you always wanted to do and launch your entrepreneurial endeavor. Like, no, man, no, like, no, like chill out. <laughs> <laughs> How sad. No, but it's really sad. Like, can we just take a breath? Like we're going through a pandemic, man. Like I'm still in my sweats from like last Tuesday. No, I'm kidding. But like, oh yeah, no, no. Trust me i'm much aware of the lived in sweatpants and or hoodies it's real i at this point it's like a rotation of like 10 sweaters that are just on repeat and i'm like okay so this is the the rule the roulette oh yeah yeah oh yeah and not leggings like i admire everybody in leggings at home there but hell no like no (laughs) i get it (laughs) no what kind of torture would i be putting myself through being in leggings no no loose cotton loose cotton who in your eye, who do you look to as a mentor? And I don't say look up to, cause we're all, you know, on, on an even, even playing field, but mm-hmm. who's someone that makes you feel like you can thrive? 
Oh, that's like such an interesting question because, you know, in the last six to seven months, I, I haven't necessarily looked up to anyone. I, I definitely read a lot of, you know, um, you know, wellness books and, you know, like Brene Brown is someone I definitely look up to for sure. Of course, who doesn't? Queen. Queen. Queen that she is. Queen. Um, <laughs> so fierce. But um, I think like in the last six or seven months, it's really just, I realized that the people I've surrounded myself with in the last, like my whole life, like I have a very good group of, of friends and, and family, just the people I surround myself with are, are my mentors. They're the ones who support me. They're the ones who help me, like we going back to that word, but they help me thrive and whether it's it's business, um, emotional, financial, any of that, um, they really support me. So at this point, it's I've instead of looking outwards to just say that, oh, I look up to this person, I try to surround myself with the people that I want to build my foundation with. And those those are my mentors. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's not every day, of course, like I'm, I try to thrive every day. I don't, you know, some days, even weeks, I just stay stagnant, but those people are able to just, you know, tell me like, it's okay that you're feeling this way because we need that reassurance. We need that validation. We're not getting it from day to day human interaction. We're getting it from, you know, calling out or reaching out. And those are the things that are really important right now, just to connect even on a digital level and just communicate and open up. Um, as much as, as hard as it is, like I've realized that I didn't open up as much as I should have in the past. And with the pandemic, it's forced me in a good way to open up about my boundaries and my emotions and the things that I feel. So those people are, they're there to support you. They're there to help you. They're there to, to help you grow. So those are my mentors, all the people that surround me in my life that I keep in my life. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. I love hearing so much that you're your people are your mentors, the, the, your friends, your family, those that are there around you who, who support you are your mentors. Cause I, I, to me, I'm like, it's true. We, we, we look to emulate, you know, be it people out in the media or like, yes, Brene Brown is a brilliant human, mm -hmm. um, but your every day where you need that bit of encouragement, where you have, that friend checking in saying, Hey, Hey girl, mm -hmm. checking in, making sure you're doing good. Like that, that fuels yeah. fire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I mean, Oh God, I can't wait for us to hang out. I'm Same. Can't wait to go ski. <laughs> Season 2021, 2022. Yep. 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 Cause right now it's not happening. <laughs> patience, patience. So I will cap this amazing conversation off with what inspires you most? What makes you feel alive? Oh, wow. Um, I think going through the motion of all of this um, in this pandemic, you know, feeling our emotions, crying when we have to cry, um, be happy when we're happy, go through the highs and lows. I don't think it's definitely something that inspires me, but I think right now it's something that I need to, to do. Like, I think it's just, you know, going through your emotions and knowing that every bit of what you're feeling is completely normal at this point, because there's no routine. There's no, there's no right track. There's no, none of this is normal. So for me, it's just like going through my day to day and not surviving, but just telling myself like this is temporary and give it what you can 
and give mentally and emotionally and physically what you can to others, but keep some for yourself as well. And make sure that you look out for yourself as well, because it's very uncertain right now. And I think like now more than ever, we really need to just connect and with ourselves and take care of ourselves. Hmm. I want to thank you so much for, I just have to tell you, your authenticity, girl. <laughs> you're, you're a very real person and it's it was palpable from the first moment we spoke and you know chalk it up to the digital age and what it does for connection and then every once in a while you'll have like that spark that's like this is a friend and we're going to be in each other's lives so i just want to thank you so much for your vulnerability your authenticity and your realness today thank you thank you, well, thank you for having me and you guys need to check out alex man she's amazing <laughs> oh god Ah, my God, let's go hang out sometime in a few months. <laughs> After this curfew. God. Thank you so much. Come back whenever you want. Thank you, Alex. What better way to end something like this than a quote by C.S. Lewis saying, friendship is born at the exact moment when one person says to another, what? You too? That pretty much embodies how... I felt the first time I spoke to Natasha. She has that aura about her that inevitably just makes you want to be friends with her. And I know going forward that I have made a new friend. This podcast amazes me in how it provides for more connection. And it's something we need so badly these days. And in Natasha, I found a friend and a very sparkly human. Whatever you do, please do yourself a favor and go follow Natasha on her IG at Natasha underscore NL. You will thank me. She creates amazing content and her photography is out of this world. So you are welcome. So I leave you off with this intention going forward in the next week. Try this. Be gentle with yourself. I didn't know I needed that until I reached some weird place mentally. My anxiety was going nuts last week. So... I was gentle to myself and you know what? It helped. So go out there and conquer and I will talk to you next week. Bye.